You're listening to Mike and Kristen. The podcast. I'm Mike, a musician, writer, and producer. And I'm Kristen, a painter, writer, and designer. Our show is all about following dreams, taking chances, and what life as an artist is really about. Together, we bring you weekly guest interviews and thought-provoking conversations. Let's go! Hello there, folks. It's Mike and Kristen here with another episode of our podcast, Mike and Kristen. What is going on? Not only is this another episode, this is another introduction. Another introduction and going to be another introduction because my $4,000 computer just shit the bed and didn't save it. We had a really, really good introduction on take one. You know, it's like when you write that text message that's so poignant and you put all this detail into it and emojis and all the things, and then it just vanishes. That's what happened. And it was probably the longest one we ever did. We covered a lot of ground in that. (laughs) Well, we're going to try to cover the same ground, but also we're now adding the story of this being take two. It's going to be even longer. It's going to be even longer is the thing. How we started introduction uh, take one was introducing our guests, which I'll let you do again. Hearts of Kin, two Cape Breton sisters that are just awesome in every imaginable way. Great singers, great songwriters, great people, incredibly kind, big hearts, even though they're very little themselves. (laughs) They're uh, they're just two awesome girls who are are kind of just getting really, really into the the music industry right now. They're uh, diving in head first. They're doing a lot of DIY stuff, like learning to record. They're they're really keen and really really excited about what they're doing, and they're making people like us and all the people around them also excited just to to see how they're going about this. We talked about how excited we were before they arrived here, just to spend time with them. Yeah, they're just they're, the the biggest thing uh, about them that I see is just let's tell the, let's tell everyone their names. <laughs> yeah, Danielle <laughs> and Shelly. There you go. And they when did they form? Do we talk about that? Just less than two years ago, yeah. I think. Yeah, they started forgetting where they are. You know, in yeah, this part of their taking career, it really serious. They started way back when because they're sisters. Yeah, they've been collaborating for a lifetime in various aspects. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they're uh, from New Waterford originally, Cape Breton Island gals, so they're awesome. That's just, the, the, that's all you need to know about them. They're from Cape Breton, so they're awesome. We met someone else from New Waterford today and talked about uh, the scrappy nature of folks from that part of the island. Yeah, that's, it's a good thing to have in your blood. You just don't want, don't want to have too much of it. <laughs> and then you become a, a little too scrappy and you have a two beer and you're mouthing off to someone but i don't think that's what uh, danielle and shelly are like but i think that their scrappiness has served them positively in their adventure so far like they're not afraid to ask for help or get their hands dirty or just learn like try something for themselves learn at home and i really admire that about them yeah they're they're awesome and 
And their manager, Brent, was here yes, with us as Danielle's husband. Well. Yeah, Danielle's hubs. And we were going to try and get all five of us on the mics, but it's a pretty tight squeeze here yeah. in the studio as is. And Brent made us these awesome coasters that he somehow <sighs> printed some cool designs on to shows uh, the cover of our book. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did a Kristen Harrington art one and one uh, that shows my home album CD art. Yeah, yeah. I think he uses a laser, which is pretty yeah, badass. Pretty, pretty fancy. Speaking of our book. We're sold out. They are gone. There might be, there's some left in a couple stores around the Maritimes, but in yeah. terms of what we have, they're they're out. It was pretty cool to sell out. I, I was almost sad to sell the last copy, yeah. though, thinking, I don't know, there's always somebody that comes by that maybe you want to give a gift to or just to just to have them around. We have our own. Our friend Marion sent us a hard copy even, so yeah. that's a special one. We might order another thousand or whatever, but. Uh, yeah, you can still get them on Amazon. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, yeah, like you said, a few stores around the province that have graciously taken our literature into their shops. If you have not read it yet and want a copy, grab one on Amazon <laughs> or uh, yeah, reach out to us and we'll point you in the right direction. And we didn't talk about the Moonshine Imaginarium yet. Mm, yes, we've just had a pretty wild weekend at uh, down in Hubbard's Beach in the Moonshine Lodge, which was the former film set for the show Moonshine, mm-hmm. which we love. And yeah, you know, we've put weeks of... Event planning. Months. Months. Yeah, months. Uh, we had a team of five. So uh, last week's podcast got guest Kate Harnish and uh, her brother Luke and cousin Jared and you and I have been collaborating and yeah. brainstorming and emailing and trying to make Zoom calls fit in when we can for, yeah. like you said, months now. And we brought together just this really cohesive, kind group of Vendors and food truck was there. You were singing and we had a beer garden. It was just beautiful. And like I said in the first introduction, mm. it it felt like by the end of it, it kind of felt like a sports team going through like a tournament or something together. Yeah. Like all these vendors were there together doing their thing, but adding their their part to it all. And we all became closer and we got to know each other. And these once strangers are now like really close friends. It just really had this vibe of, yeah, just this, a, a team. Maybe I'm biased because we organized this market, but I've only done in the past two other markets and they were both, if I'm being honest, pretty terrible experiences. Yeah. Like I left them just feeling really deflated. Uh, and this this weekend, so it poured rain on Saturday, yeah, which obviously impacted attendance but even with all the obstacles that we faced i felt like the sales aspect of this market which is typically the motivation for us to go for most vendors to go you want to sell stuff the friendships we made and the people we met and the environment that we were in far exceeded and any of that stuff yeah that's what the takeaway was yeah and everyone did good with sales too yeah so we did great on top of it Icing on the cake. Yeah, made some new buds, sold some stuff, ate some cinnamon rolls. Mm. Yeah, all all good. And uh, and also today, I think is the last day for uh, Music Nova Scotia. 
voting, yes, is it not? If, yes, if you're a member of Music Nova Scotia, make sure to vote for our podcast right here that you're listening to. Mike and Kristen is up for the Media Arts Award. Woo, pretty cool, eh? Ooh, yeah, it would be it would be great if uh, there's lots of other deserving people on oh, that of list, course. of course. And uh, we're just, I'm still just, yeah, pretty dazzled that our names are even written on the list. It's pretty it's cool. Pretty cool, yeah. yeah. And then feel free to give us a vote for the coast. Mm-hmm. boards as well we're each up for a couple the podcast is up for one we're up against some pretty heavy hitters there so mm-hmm. you know it's yeah. all, all good nighttime is like a like a they're fa- like famous people yeah yeah they deserve it yeah they do their research. oh yeah well you, you gotta put the word out we though. don't we don't research much do we we learn our, about our guests. So here's the thing, though. Our research, I think, is just happening in real time. Yeah. Like, people are listening to our research process. We're diving into people's minds to get the, those precious mm-hmm. gems of information. Extracting. Yeah. Yeah. We're miners. You are Cape Bretoner. Miners for knowledge and information. Mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah. Well, speaking of Cape Bretoners, let's pass the mic over to our guest today. Danielle and Shelly, the gals from Hearts of Kin. Let's do it. Here you go, folks. Thanks. It doesn't really matter. Especially in a situation like this, it's just all in mono, so it doesn't doesn't matter. What does mono mean? See? Yes. It's just all the sounds are in the middle, and it's not panned either either way. Yeah. So and some I could pan. Here, let's put. Uh, I'll put me on the left. Yeah. How's that mm-hmm. sound? Yeah. Uh-huh. So I'm on the left right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, going back to another yeah. right. <laughs> oh, there. Okay. I'm impressed. I actually did know what that meant, so I am gradually picking up some things. I right. Think. Yeah, I knew. I was just like, I know what that means. <laughs> Do you both have like roles that you would consider yourself as? Ta- like, so Mike does all the tech stuff for Definitely. this because oh, I'm yeah. just uh, no idea what's happening. Do you have your strengths that that very happens? well yes. defined roles? As a matter of fact, <laughs> I would say there's no we guess. Do. There's no guesswork about who's doing what ever. No, <laughs> I do most of the stu- all of the studio stuff except yeah. for when I need her vocals. Yes. Yeah. And uh, she yeah. does all of the uh, all the business side. Like she's like applies for all of our funding yeah. and all of our applications for stuff. And we're we're a very good team in that way. Very yin yin yang. Oh yeah. yeah, Pete. You know what? We always talk about that because we have very different strengths and weaknesses. Very different, but mm-hmm. they complement each other. And yeah. we're like yeah. together, we make like one whole person. I think, but <laughs> <laughs> How lucky is that? It's I think very, we're very convenient. Lucky. Yeah. It's we're, very we're not hating it. No, not hating we it. just and we just sort of fell into it. But yeah, like we, you know, the roles were assumed. Oh yeah. yeah. And so Danielle does music full time. I have a full time job, and I do the music in the time that I can. Yeah. And that's I think for us, it's the only way that it would work because we we need her to be doing this like she's producing and recording the album independently yeah. for us and i gotta tell you when she told me that was it's always her plan right she i just go along with her plans <laughs> with a little bit of input but um when she said that she wanted to record independently uh, and this was before we had a studio or she knew how to do it <laughs> so i was yeah. kind of like big dreams i was like <laughs> oh, you believe you believe i was like okay uh and i believed in her i'm like because if she if she says she wants to, I was like, okay, let's do it. And she did it so far. <laughs> so good. At what point in your life did you make this decision and start learning this whole new world? 
Well, uh, for the pro- for like the recording and producing aspect, last year, wow. I guess mm-hmm. last yeah. year, and yeah. I just jumped on uh, Berkeley Online and did like a software Pro Tools software course just to kind of get me up to snuff a little bit, mm-hmm. and the rest was kind of self self learning. Yeah, as we go, as we go along, and of course we're going through. Uh, Sound Park Studios for the mix and master, which is all the difference. Oh, yeah. So yes. He really yes. puts everything together and helps us a bit with the producing and everything. So he's, yeah, yeah Jamie's been fantastic. He's, he, you know what, so kind and so um, he can tell that we are, you know, I don't want to say struggling. He knows we're new. I think it's obvious, right? But uh, he's just been so kind and so supportive. And he's like, hey, let me. Let me give you some tips that are going to make it easy, yeah. uh, easier for you and probably in the back of his mind and for me, too, if you're going to keep asking me to fix this <laughs> stuff. Yeah. But judgment-free, too. Yeah, like, very, yeah. Thank you for been... not laughing us out the door. <laughs> the good thing is you don't have to do everything. Like, you're doing yeah, a lot of it. Exactly. But at a certain point, you can hand it yes, over. I can and... be like, and the rest, he can, like, put his, yes. do, do because, his thing. Because that is a whole other ballpark of yes. learning okay I, I figured out where to put a mic on an amp and yeah. how to you yes. know record vocals but then there's the other side of things where yeah. uh and and certainly you you can do it but it's just like that's you're taking on a whole other challenge as oh, well yeah. and i'm sure you're picking up a lot at this point picking up when along the way yeah yeah but yeah. i mean well, I, I do like to I, I do like to be able to hang hand the reins over yeah. at a certain point and be like make mm-hmm. it sound so good and i think <laughs> every song that we do we like danielle's just like you know what at first the first song was yeah we were, she was trying to make it so perfect but then and she sent it over we had a great little meeting with jamie and then every other she's like you know what jamie's gonna know what to do i'm not i'm just gonna send it off just gonna send it off well, right? we, and it I, was intimidating even to send the first mix over to him because we were like i was terrified <laughs> i was terrified i was like is he gonna laugh like laugh me out the door this is ridiculous <laughs> but he was so sweet and he helped yeah. us a lot yeah, yeah, yeah. I think this that is amazing support. that you have not only accomplished what you have in a short period of time, but that you even had the courage to start this journey. Thank you. It yes, was, it's it's been a it's been quite the process, but I think we're just we're just we got the fire in our belly. We're ready to go. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. We'll do it. Yeah, and things. and like I said, when I talk about Danielle kind of spearheading, like I always say that Hearts of Kin is Danielle's brainchild. You know, she was the one, you know, who who said let's let's do like let's let's be a band, right? Yeah. So she was the one who said the words and I was kind of like, that does sound kind of fun. Let's do that, right? Good idea. So she was into it. Thank I was God. into uh. it, definitely. <laughs> I was into it, but like, yeah, it was, and it was so hard starting out because, you know, we're from Cape Breton. I stayed. Danielle moved all over Atlantic Canada with her husband for military and then yeah. they kind of settled in PEI, but that's where she w- she was when we started the band. So okay. we when we started it was so hard because we would only be able to play shows when Danielle came home to, to Cape Breton for vacation. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. long weekends, Christmas, and we would know weeks out, we would book a show somewhere and we would be so excited and we play it and it was so fun. And then she'd go away again and we'd be like, oh, you know, you couldn't, it, we couldn't get any momentum. So mm-hmm. it was fun, but really Challenging. frustrating Challenging. and kind of like, and at that point we didn't know when she could move home um, or if or when or, or if whatever. or when it was yeah. just yeah. you know we we want we knew that we wanted to play music so we made it work with the situation yeah. and then you know lo and behold it's like you put it out to the universe and I feel like you know mountains moved and the next thing you know she was she was back in Cape Breton you know and they moved and I'll never forget when yeah. when when she called me and she it was a surprise when she called me she was just like 
we're moving home. And I was just like, what? <sighs> like it was tear. Oh, I can't. It was, even... a, it was a spur of the moment ish type of thing to move home for us. But yeah. it's like when we moved away, we had been away for about 15 years and we'd always wanted to come back home. But when we finally decided to just, I think it was just, it had been enough time. We were yeah. like, let's do it. Were you both born in Cape Breton? Yeah. Yep. Okay. What part? New Waterford is where we were born. And then okay. I was Sydney area, you know, yes. where I live now. But uh, yeah, just and very like very musical family, but not like we're, we're the no one has ever taken music to a professional level in our family. We've, mm-hmm. This is this is the first for that for mm-hmm. us, I think. But um, yeah, New New Waterford. What Waterford. Uh, got you into music in the first place? Our dad. Yeah, yes. our dad was uh he was the he was the music guy. He was picking guitars since we could before we could walk. So yes. that Aww. was the kind of the driving force for us. We. Grew up in a kitchen party, pretty much. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And just the two of you for siblings. We have a brother. Okay, but he doesn't. He can play some guitar, but he's he doesn't. He, about the level of my saxophone skills. Uh, yes, <laughs> about there. Okay. About there. Do you, actually, do you know what's funny? I'm, my, my brother's name is Billy. Uh, Billy definitely has. Ta- he can sing. I can remember him singing as a kid. He's got a beauty. Actually, he used to sing in a band. I forgot about that. He fronted. He was in a band. He fronted like a high school garage band sort of thing, and he was, you know, they played a lot of like heavy metal sort of stuff. But um, I can remember as an adult, probably about maybe ten years ago, something like that. I know my sister in law asked me if I would teach her, give her some guitar lessons. And when my brother found out about that, he's just like. I feel like I should like play guitar too. He's like, can I like get in on those lessons? And I was like, yeah, come on in, come on over. We're just, you know, sitting around the kitchen, whatever. So he came over and my sister-in-law had been playing for like weeks and weeks and kind of, you know, trying to do what she can. And um, my brother walked in and he just picked it up and was instantly like showed him a couple of chords for the first time. He just played them like he had been playing them. He had a very obvious natural ability just to play some basic guitar. And they were just like, this is bullshit this is the first time you've ever played i was just like seriously i've never played before and then he was just like yeah i'm not interested so it's just it's really funny so is music just in you thing in your family i think think? so i think so and our mom can play a little guitar and sing a little bit too she doesn't really very much but like she can so i think it's just kind of bred in us a a bit oh yeah yeah it was it was all around us I, i feel like i like to put it out there i like to say that our dad was like, and he was not a songwriter. He was based, like, he played a lot of, um, John co- Prime, oh man, Chris yeah. Christopherson, I and like all the to, classics. I would like to put it out there and claim that he brought John Prime's music to New Waterford. There's yeah. a huge, like, if you look at the New Waterford area, there's actually a huge John Prime following in that area. There and is. I think that my father was instrumental in that because he would be like the town singer and he'd go to all the parties and he'd be playing mm-hmm. and singing and so well. Like, he was just, he was so talented. And people loved to see him come and play. And I think that he just bred this love of that music because if you go to New Water, everyone knows John Prine's yep. music and that's not the case everywhere I don't think. And no. probably knows your dad too. And no, yes, and yes exactly, everyone knows yeah. our dad so it's like yeah but um, but yeah but in terms of where it came from that's definitely where it came from you know I think we always knew that we we always played music but we just I think the this to this level, it, this is a new thing. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So your dad's picking away in the guitar you're Little little girls, when did you guys start yourselves? Gosh, teen years. Yeah. yeah. Teen yeah, years. I'd say. I think you picked up the guitar first, mm-hmm. picking around, and then that made me, oh, big sister's doing it. Now it's cool. So then I wanted to do it. Mm-hmm. I was probably around 13 when I really yeah. learned chords and learned how to play guitar. 
Mm-hmm. And we were mm-hmm. just playing like, you know, Alanis Morissette mm-hmm. and yeah. Cheryl Crow. Yes. Did you have a band name then? No. For your, your dream band? No. no we, okay. didn't. we didn't. We didn't. And that, I don't even think, and I know some people are like, I've always wanted to be a musician. I don't think that was, like, I, I like didn't know. Like, we always loved music and it was always part of our life. But I don't know if we ever knew that we would, like grow up and be a band mm-hmm. someday, right? I'm glad that you raised this point. I had somebody say something similar to me recently about, oh, you must have always known you were an artist. Right. And I thought right. it's kind of an odd assumption because no, not no, not at all was not that the case for me. It, like in hindsight, I can look back and think of myself maybe as a creative person, generally speaking. Yeah. But I didn't have this dream of I want to be an artist when I grew up. It wasn't right. even on my radar. Yeah, uh, yeah. And maybe part of that, and you might relate, was from being in a, a small town and it was kind of you were going to be a teacher or a nurse or yeah. one of these five choices. And that was that. You got to make your totally. plan of whatever's so, going to make you money. Totally. Exactly. So a, it yeah. took being an adult and yes. having my own autonomy to even consider this being a job. Yeah. Same. Oh, same. Absolutely. Definitely resonates. Absolutely. And I, I'm, I think that that's a really good point as well. We didn't we definitely didn't start out saying we're going to be, you know, singers or musicians when we grow up. But um, Danielle, Danielle was the, fir- the first person to kind of take it to that level to get out there. When she was living in PEI, before we Hearts of Kin was a thing, she was just like, I think I'm going to like get, a better, get a better guitar and a little system and like start to gig like bars and restaurants, right? And I was like, that's so cool, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, and then when she would come home, we, would, we still weren't a band. We would just kind of play together. But I think it's kind of like the support of our friends and our family, like when they would hear us play and sing together, like so many people were like, my God, you guys should, you have to do this, like get out there, put yourselves out there. And I think that's probably part of what kind of and I think and I think we would just kind of be like well we would love to obviously but just maybe never thought that? it was a, as a viable option mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. with that in mind okay because we've certainly had lots of guests that were like I was born with a guitar in my hand like yeah. that that is some people's story oh, sure. absolutely but for gals like us that that wasn't necessarily the path was there something about that job or the industry that you were enamored with or like what was it that made you want to pursue this as a job instead of just this is something I enjoy doing like that's a serious step to make it is it is well I think seeing we we had a few friends who were musicians I think and and of course true lovers of live music so I think when you kind of immerse yourself in that environment um, and then because, you know, we knew we had a little bit, little bit of talent for it, we liked to do it. Then we thought it didn't, all of a sudden it didn't really seem so far outside of the realm of possibilities. We were like, I mean, hmm, maybe I, we could do a little something. I think when we got into songwriting is yes. was, was a switch that flipped yes. for us, right? Yes, yes, And that was like, kind of solidified it. And we were like, wow, people well, like these, these songs we're writing. Let's, let's do it. Yes. <laughs> let's actually and, do and it. That, and that's a whole other thing because... As soon as you start to write your own music, oh, it's so different than playing covers, right? Yeah. Um, they're both fun, but um, yeah, I I would agree. I think that's that was a big that was the game changer. And and then you know when you see some people start to resonate with your songs, then it becomes how can I? I think the the goal for any songwriter is how can I share my music with as many people in the world as possible, right? So I think that's I think it's the whole idea, and everything else is just kind of a component of that. But uh, I think that's the thing that kind of, like you said, lit the fire for us to say, okay, if we want to do this, let's let's do it right. You know, yeah. how can we, and I, I feel like I'm proud of us because I think that we've always 
set the bar very high for ourselves. Like we're, mm-hmm. we try to be very professional. We try to look to people who are doing well in the industry and say, well, what are they doing? Okay, well, let's try to do that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, but, but that's a really good, it's a really good point, I think. And, uh, but yeah, I'd say that's, that's kind of how we ended up wherever we are and wherever we're going and who knows where that is i don't know but <laughs> we're here for it <laughs> was it uh, the response to your songs that was a big factor in this because i know for myself like when i st- first started playing songs that i had written or the bands that i was initially in had written it was seeing people actually appreciate what we were doing ourselves and like we we do a couple covers and we throw in an original song and people are like oh that song was awesome I like that was yes. my favorite song in the set I'm like wait a second we yes. can create something completely on our own and people can appreciate that yeah and that was that was kind of a, a big turning point for me as well absolutely oh yeah you said it and and if you can write a song like you said and someone um gosh the first time that people will come up to us and say and if you can make somebody cry that's even better it's like oh they really got that one but you sing a song and yeah i think we that love making them cry we yeah. love me well because you know and i know i'm not the first person to say it but you know with songwriting it's it's you tell your story in the hopes that it resonates with somebody else yeah. and and if i think if you're you know if you speak your truth and from your own experience it almost always resonates because we're human everyone has experienced what you have experienced yeah. right in Every, some form in some form right mm-hmm. but yeah when when you get you know people come up and just say oh my gosh that song about your son or that song about the soldier or that's or whatever yeah. i just um you're there there's just such a a beautiful I, there's no words for it. i don't know what feeling, it is and it mm-hmm. certainly solidifies what we're doing to, to keep doing it right it's the biggest motivator for mm-hmm. sure for sure just there's no better feeling than, than sharing that you know with yeah. people it's, it's nice. just that human connection like oh. you, it becomes relatable to everybody else like you and knowing you have that power to create that yeah i've heard someone say before that it's an artist's responsibility to make sense of our emotions right yeah and uh, that's that's a big challenge we we all have Mm -hmm. but but knowing that we have the ability to do that like there's a little pressure on us but you know we we, we take that with uh with pride and put everything we can into it and knowing that we have the ability to influence people is just an amazing privilege really like I have the talent that I can reach someone and make them feel better or make yeah. them just mm-hmm. feel happy. It, it's, so it's, it's healing, right? Yeah. It is, it's healing. Yeah. And, and, and the relatability component feels like this common thread through every art form. Like even yeah. stand-up comedy, they'll often use these everyday scenarios yes. that we have a good chuckle at because right. yes. we've been there. Right. And yeah. so your songs may not be funny, but they're relatable. And yes. I think, yeah, that's kind of something I'm just thinking about now is the creative thing that we yeah. all have in common here. You're so just kind true. Of drawing on different aspects of life really. Yeah. In your, in your art and form. That's not the first time that I've heard that that term too, like the responsibility as a songwriter or yeah. or an artist. And I know um one one uh quote that really stuck with me that I heard recently. We went to see Dear Rita at the Savoy Theater, which mm. was an ama- I don't know if you guys have seen it, but it was not an yet. amazing no. production. I think I think there's another run toward the end of the month. But anyway, um it was just a mishmash of a lot of Rita's quotes and one of the one of the quotes was um someone out there has a wound in the shape of your words. And when mm. I heard that I was like it just it was just like right through That's the heart. Amazing. I'm like, oh yeah. I'm like, nice. it's it just straight it was my biggest takeaway from the whole production. 
And I thought, yep, as a songwriter, it just speaks to the responsibility because, yeah. you know, it's people are they're feeling it, but they can't articulate it. And if you can articulate it in a way that makes sense to them, it's just that feeling of, wow, I'm not alone. Somebody else mm-hmm. gets it. They feel that. And I think it's a it's a beautiful thing and it's important. So, yeah. What about your own feelings and emotions when you're performing? And I so I want to go back to an interview we had here with our mutual friend, Elise Aaron, yes. Yes. who talked about I, I had never heard a songwriter put it in such a way that resonated with me like you're mm-hmm. describing in that. She was talking about songwriting, saying it's basically like writing in your diary. It's that personal. And then you're getting up in front of a crowd and you're singing those words and you also have to look really cool yes. while you're doing it. <laughs> That's true. And I was like, All oh, of those my God. Like, at least when I'm painting, I'm in my pajamas and, you know, <laughs> yes. like you just make this take a photo. But you guys are in such a vulnerable position. Like, how are you feeling being the messengers of these words? Oh, I think had... it's a bit of a work of art still. Oh. Like, it's still it's hard to I mean, we're pushing ourselves to do that. But yeah, each time it gets a little easier, maybe. Since we're still kind of newish songwriters. She hit the nail on the head. I think I would agree with everything that that she said there. Mm -hmm. Um, And yes, it's, and you're right. Not only are you, it it is like your diary. And that's often where the songs come from. You write, and I think, you know, and we're, we, we would still consider ourselves like in the infancy stages of being songwriters. Like I feel really inexperienced and very, you know, we, we've only been doing it a, a couple of, Danielle, a few years more than me. But, um, but yes, it's like, put yourself at your most vulnerable and then just bear all, you know, and, and it's almost like, I, I always say, I compare it to like the little kid who like, they draw something. It's like, do you like it? I made this thing. And it's kind of <laughs> like, but you, yeah. And, and even you're right, the way that you dress, the way it's, it, it's a part of your brand. It's a part of your image. It's like, how do I want to portray myself to the public? Like it's, it's all a part of who you are. And I think the more consistent you can be with that the more people will relate to it, right? It'd be, you know, be, be, I know it's a little cliche, be true to yourself. Like, don't, you know, just whatever, if you like to dress like this, I think, and when you're performing, I think you have to lean into it a little more. Mm-hmm. Like, if you like to dress a certain way, just accentuate it a little bit. Accentuate it a little bit, I think, right? I think that's but, great um, advice. Yeah, like, that's... just lean lean into it. And I just, we're learning so much along. And it's it's funny that you should mention Elise because Elise is a good friend of ours. And one, when I talked about the mentors, the local mentors that we have, she's a big one because, you know, we, we first met Elise through, Elise used to work for CB Mike. Um, and, you know, when we first decided that we were, we were going to, we were going to record an EP and we didn't know what to do or how to do that. We just knew we wanted to do it. Mm. And I didn't even really know much about CB Mike or what they did. So someone said, oh, you should talk to CB Mike. They'll probably give you some, you know, some support. And I said, okay. So I called them and they said, oh, you should meet with Elise Greger, right? So I said, okay. And I remember I met with her downtown and I had, it was probably about a two, two and a two and a half hour meeting, something like that. And I just, I went with a list of questions. I'm okay, this is what we want to do. What do we, so not only did she answer all of the questions that I had, she also gave me a load of information that I wasn't even, didn't even think about. And from that day forward, she became a bit of a mentor for us. So, and I remember when I walked out the door, she kind of said, you know, Shelly, because I was like, thank you for this meeting. And I was kind of like, this meeting has concluded now. And she was like, 
this doesn't have to be like the last time we like I can continue to help you sort of thing. And she mm-hmm. she's been great. So um, but yeah, like these and, and I look to her and we say, well, what's Elise doing? What should we do? Yeah. And, her, and others like there are a lot of really wildly successful artists in our area. So I just look to them and beyond and try to I say copy, but in our own way, like what are they doing? And then we put a hearts of kin spin on it and we do mm. something mm-hmm. like along those lines. But you need a template when you don't know where to start. You just need a template, yeah. right? A like, guideline oh, of some sort. It's overwhelming. It's so overwhelming, but yeah. worth it, I guess. You know, if you look at it that way. Today's episode is brought to you by the amazing Wilson's Coastal Club. This resort has eight cottages ranging from bachelor to three bedroom units. So you can take the whole family along, including your fur babies. Dogs are welcome. Mallory and Kyle, the owners, are two awesome people who have created the perfect getaway for you. And we've stayed there ourselves. And, you know, we felt like two little kids on vacation. This hidden gem is right on the ocean. They've got a private beach with loungers for all of their guests, e-bikes, and all of the water sports like stand-up paddle boards, kayaking, swimming, and the ambient sound of the waves. A lot of wildlife there, too. Loons. Ducks. Seals. Cranes. Deer. Bunnies. And more bunnies. Woo! (laughs) As if this place wasn't awesome enough, They're also offering fitness classes on the beach, wellness retreats, and meditation workshops. Wilson's Coastal Club is open all year round. And if you're worried about the Nova Scotia winter nipping at your nose, don't fret, they've got you covered. They're offering Canadian-made cedar wood-fired hot tubs and oceanfront 10-foot red cedar panoramic view barrel saunas coming this fall. Located at 7532 St. Margaret's Bay Road in Bootlears Point, Nova Scotia, you can book your stay at wilsonscoastalclub.com. And if you book before October 30th and use the discount code Mike and Kristen, you'll receive 15% off your stay. Woo! Private beach! Bonfires! Whoa, good times in the maritime! S'mores! Yeah. Was there something that shifted that got you into writing songs? Because obviously you were playing some covers before that. Um did, did something happen where you're like, we got to start doing original songs or was it just a natural progression? Mm-hmm. I think it was maybe a, maybe a combination of both. I think deep down we always wanted to write songs mm-hmm. and yeah. we just didn't know which angle to come at it. Mm-hmm. And um, I started picking away at it a bit when we were still in PEI and uh, the family and friends were telling me that the songs were pretty good. So I think when we decided that we wanted to do the band, we were like, let this, let's start gigging, but also let's like record an EP of original yes. music just to show the people that like we're serious about it and like we're songwriters and we're going to we're going to kick yeah. give a kick at the can start a mm-hmm. band with the end goal of we'll eventually be doing our own music right yeah, yeah. but um yeah. i guess not to not to bring up bad memories but the pandemic probably you know yeah. like mm-hmm. what and else I- could you do we and we had for, we I'm when I say named our, like we formed our band it was 2019 I guess right at some point during 2019 that we mm. put a name on it and said we are mm. a band now right yeah. if there was a a day that it was born I don't know the birthday of the band <laughs> but it was sometime during that year mm. but um but yeah and then 2020 so we we're like I and she was still in PEI at the time so we we're like let's write songs I right, guess right, right. so mm. that's Vir- yeah virtually for a little bit mm. yeah that was such a wild time for creative people because. 
I feel like you were either on one end of the spectrum or the other where it was just total shutdown, you know, maybe people that needed that energy from a crowd or they were more extroverted. And then like Mike and I actually really thrived during that time because we were finally together. Yeah. Like I was working a full-time job, never home. And we were trying to squeeze all these things on our evenings and weekends and make a go at it. So for us, it was actually a little bit of a, a calm, creative time. And yeah. Mike, you especially were really prolific, like put out albums and our book mm-hmm. and, you know, like all these things were happening. And But for being new at something, that had to have brought a whole other set of challenges because you're not kind of like you're still learning, but you're learning under a totally different world than we've yeah. ever lived in. And it was almost good to have that hot minute to just shut the whole world out and focus on what do we want to do here and what do we want these songs to sound like. So that was kind of a blessing in disguise. It was like a a reset button. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you make intentional time now for those resets? Oh, yeah. Well, uh, when we talk about intentional time, I guess we're very, we're very structured in our schedule I guess as far as our time for rehearsing and recording and writing and you know that's going to be I think we're probably going to follow um I think the model that a lot of artists probably end up following which is like touring and performing in the summer and then hibernating in the winter and doing a lot of writing in the winter that's kind of our plan for the this Canadian this, model right the Canadian. <laughs> the Canadian model right but um but yeah I think that's I would say that that's probably you know our our unspoken plan, I guess. Yeah. yeah. But um, okay, so this leads me to a question for all of you because I'm looking at three musicians, three Cape Bretoners again. <laughs> I've been in this situation so many times. <laughs> but with that in mind, the Canadian model, this seems to be a really common way of breaking up our seasons. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's yeah by virtue just of our weather. Have you ever thought about completely turning that on its head to be the person that does things? The opposite of that? I don't know. Well, I'm just throwing it out there for touring, consideration. Touring in the winters is dangerous. <laughs> right. Touring like, in Nova Scotia. Yes. Yeah. Taking yeah. your life in your hands. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's just it's just risky to. It just makes sense this way. Yeah. Things are like we might get a storm on a Friday and you have to cancel the gig mm-hmm. and yeah. Like and uh, I still play in the winter, but not as frequent as the rest of the seasons. Just because mm-hmm. yeah, it's. Like like you said, a time to to hibernate, to yeah. burrow in, and yeah. yeah. But does your creative mind work for you in that setup? Are you like you know maybe you'd be more creative in the summer? I don't know. We've never really talked well, about this. It, it comes down to time as well, like because you can't can't be creative if you're playing a bunch of shows yeah. and on the road, yeah, and putting your energy into that. You just don't have enough time to be able to mm-hmm. go away yeah. for two weeks to the studio or something mm-hmm. it could work like it's just but but everyone at home there's only 24 hours in a day yeah. and yeah. you but do you find if you get an idea because i mean to your point with the creativity if, i mean if you get an idea cool idea for a song it could come in the summer it could come in the winter but i think it's important if you don't have the time to write the song, write it down, document it so that you can revisit mm-hmm. it, I think. So I feel like that's kind of what we do in the summertime. We still, and we're always looking for ideas for songs, right? But uh, we don't always have the the time, like you said, Mike, to, to write it because we yeah. we're busy, right? So I think it, it would be challenging to flip that model, even yeah. if you were so inclined. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think it would be it That would makes be sense. Yeah, but, but document question, it. Though. That's a good sti- question. It was, yeah. Stick yeah. it in a book. I wonder and if I some people do that. 
I'm sure if they live in Arizona, yeah, well, and do you find Mike like when you so for the winter, like so yes, like live shows are less frequently, but I feel like they're a little more. You do a couple of special shows, like they're yeah. special. I don't know, yeah. like because you're not as busy. It's like maybe I have less shows, but they're they'll be cool shows. A cool show here or something. Not that they're, you know, not all not all special, but you know, yeah. I don't know. I just I like cool. Few and far between winter not shows. All, not all gigs are equal. No. <laughs> not, <laughs> That's true, yeah. <laughs> they're not all as soul-filling, no, I guess, is a good way to say it, but they're different. Yeah, it's like apples and oranges, I guess. Yeah, I think it ultimately comes down to whatever works for you. Like, if you're making your living completely off music, then you still have to find a way to make money during the winter. So you're going to have to either play a lot or maybe you score a film or maybe yes. you do just whatever whatever you can do to make make a living off of your art you have to do so maybe you have to keep playing like yes. go to Europe you're doing whatever it takes but uh the the there's no set model like it that's just kind of the way it falls for a lot of people here because mm-hmm. i guess the weather just dictates that and people aren't in, in, inclined to go out as much uh on a stormy evening but yeah. uh and and that's another good point too, Mike, with, you know, you're depending on this for, you know, to make a living. And there are so many, there's so many avenues, there's so many different revenue streams with yeah. any kind of art, I guess, but like with music, like, and I find we're at the stage now where, you know, we're working on our first full length album and we're trying so hard to make sure that we do it right and not not miss any opportunities. Yeah. And it's, it's mm-hmm. overwhelming when you think about it. It's like, oh my gosh, okay, and performing and touring and streaming and sync licensing. And like, oh, it's just, I, I just, it, we're, we're always hungry for the information. But it's like the more that we learn, the more we realize that we don't know. And we just keep, it's just like this, you know, I don't know. It's, yeah. it's tough. Yeah, And it's, it's, it's really expensive tough. to get started oh, yes. too. Gosh, like yes. all these things you're listing cost money yeah. yes. and promotion we're, and management. Yes. And I feel like we're in the thick of that right we, now. Yeah. We <laughs> like are building our brand too. Yeah. Right? This, this, totally. this summer. And that's such a good point. And it's real not to talk about money, but it's like this summer we are like, Oh my God, where are we going to get the money for these things? And we, we will, we have it pretty much. It's almost done, but we keep saying, Next summer, it will not be as hard. It will be, we don't have this album to produce and we don't have this music video and this and yeah. oh my God, all, it's so expensive, right? And, you know, when you're as new as we are, there's limited funding available because we're still emerging. Yeah. They're kind of like, well, show us what you got and then we'll give you some money sort of thing, right? It's like, okay, so there's, mm. it's tough. It's really yeah. tough to get started when you don't have really a leg to see. You have to prove yourself and then they'll give you money, right? So you know, and we're thankful for the money that we had. We did get a little bit of funding, you know, but primarily like it's this album is is self-funded. And that's another reason that Danielle is producing it for us because it's, it's <laughs> so the cheapest reasons. way. Right? DIY it's, is the way to go. Yes. We, are, we are big DIY girls. Oh, we yeah. always, we do a lot of DIY stuff. Since we were little. Yes, we yeah. are. Everything. If, if there's a way to do it yourself, we shall. So that's why when Danielle suggested that, I'm like, okay, let's. That's Talk how you learn, it. though, too. Yeah. Mm. It is, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah and even if you end up hiring someone else to do this work, you can kind of have that evaluation of yeah. how great they're doing because you've done it yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I, I so almost that helps. Feel, I almost feel like like uh, when we decided to record this album on our own, I didn't feel like this was like, that's it, we're going to record them all forever now on our own. But it is something mm. that I felt like we needed to do just yes. to, yeah. I just yes. needed to do it. 
Right. And, you know, we did have a bit like with the EP, we did we hired a, a local recording studio to produce that. But the thing is, we we were so new at the time. We had no experience in the studio. We all we didn't know what we wanted. Mm-hmm. We Our brand wasn't really firmly established in our own mind. So it was a bit of a, like an it was an experiment. Right. Which is a great experience as well to have that. Mm-hmm. But then it was like that experience, I think, was also, you know, instrumental in us saying, OK, well, I bet we could probably do this ourselves, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know. I think everything everything that you do, it's just one more stepping stone to wherever you're going next, yeah. I guess, sort of all, thing. All right? important but, experiences. Yeah. Would yeah. you say that your brand is just an extension of you as people? I would or say Or have you yes. separated it? Okay. No, I oh, would say yeah. yes. For, for us, I think, yeah. Yeah. For us, I think, yeah. It's true. How did you arrive at that? Like, did you put in work, like hashing out like what we represent what are our values or did it just kind of come to be you know not not, not so really. much formally not yeah. formally but i think subconsciously and like i think the cool thing about us is that you know because we are two we get to bounce the ideas off of each other mm-hmm. and feel each other out with things and i'm thinking this do you think that too so i think that's a big part of how we sort of naturally fell into what our brand is and and mm-hmm. like your brand is, it's such a, that's a, that's a broad term. Like what is your brand, mm-hmm. right? Your image, how you portray yourself to the public, what you represent, what you stand for. So for us, it's always been like, even right down to our band name, we knew that it, we wanted to represent the fact that we're sisters, we're family. So that's mm-hmm. in the whole hearts of kin. I think when people hear that, they, even if they don't know anything about us, they know that we're relatives. So that's, mm-hmm. they know a little bit about us before Not they to even... be confused with next of kin, which we got called <laughs> a few times. Oh, a couple sort of, of times. like a the hometown times. heroes that's been oh, the right. hometown titled yeah. a so gazillion times over yeah. the years. You get it's that. It's going to happen. Yeah. Yes, it is. And you get it. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. Like that's who you call when you're either in jail or at the hospital. It's different. <laughs> not the same <laughs> thing. It's not no. the same thing. It's true. <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, so, and I think, and then I think if you know who you are as a person and then as far as this, this, and then the sound of your music, that's a whole other part of your brand. I think then we just sort of gravitate toward what we like. (laughs) I like the way this sounds. This is, this what we are, (laughs) you know? And that's kind of, I think what we were kind of struggling with, with the EP, we were sort of like, okay, we've written a song. What is it going to sound like when it's done, though? You know, mm. when it's produced. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think that's a whole other thing because there's an acoustic version, and then you can go so many different ways with it. And I think that's something we hadn't given enough thought to yeah. when we were, you know, in the production stages of that. But now we're like, okay, what? What? You have to have an end goal in, in sight. I think, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So what is what do we what does it want to sound like? You know, don't get so, too carried away with production sometimes because yeah, that can yeah. be easy to do too. Less is more. Yeah, and I mean, we've more. always like, we've been, we've been calling people, calling ourselves a country duo, but the more we thought about it, I was just like, I think we have to say Americana because we're, country is, it, even though country is very broad, it's like we're, we're blues and folk, you know, singer songwriter. It's all of those things. Mm-hmm. So I think we have to broaden it a little bit, but um, it's all a vetting process. It's all just, I don't know. It's, it's, it's interesting and confusing and fun and overwhelming and yeah. <laughs> so you, it's wild. You figure out your brand. You you got you got it down in your in your own minds, and you know what you want to represent. How do you begin to showcase that? Do you just stay true to what 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 the brand is, or are you intentionally going out and like this is what we represent? Uh, I think you just 
it's a lot of intuition. I think you follow follow your gut, yeah. you know, like like we said. I feel like we're yeah, I feel like we're just with the branding. I, I just feel like we're doing doing us. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe it's we try. Hope, we hope it's we're, coming we're off. We're trying authentic, to be you know? ourselves. We're just trying yeah. to not stray. Well, and I can say as one of your listeners, and because we've we've met in passing yeah. a few times at different yeah. events, but I can truly say, and I said this to Mike before you came, I was just really looking forward to hanging out with you gals today. Oh, like you're just the same really thing. kind, you're easy to be around, you're just, I feel at ease around you and I feel like your music is representative. Like Good. hearing you talk about it in this way, that's, Good. I didn't know the answer to that question, but now that you've talked about that, I can totally agree with and feel that as one of your listeners that okay, I do know you <laughs> as a result of hearing your music because good. they align. So Thank you oh, for that's saying perfect. That. Yeah, that Thank is that's good to that. hear. That's it, good to hear. It is, and it's and it's tough because you know to put yourself out there. And D- Danielle hit the nail on the head. We just we want to be ourselves, and I think it's because you know we again being initially huge live music fans and following a lot of artists and bands, you recognize the ones that are authentic and the ones that are not quite Mm -hmm. maybe putting on a little bit. Mm -hmm. So uh, I think we, I think we have good instincts when it comes to things like that. And we, we thought if, if we want people to, we know it's important to connect with people and we know that the only way to do that is to show them who we are. Mm -hmm. And I think the only, the biggest challenge for us, I think is, um, I think we're a little shy still it's hard right so and even like that's where brent comes in that yes (laughs) brent's great like even like social butterfly networking and meeting and even like to do you know stage banter in between salt like and and i know a lot of artists say the same thing you feel really comfortable and confident when you're playing and the second you strum that last note you're like now i have to speak to the people Mm. but and i think Mm. we're getting better we're getting better at it and i'm so glad that we have the two people because i i feel like it would be so much more nerve-wracking to be on stage all along i know we joke about what's different about that part this is really curious for me because the singing part i would sooner die but (laughs) if i had to speak like i might get through that see i'm the i'm the opposite i would rather just sing all day and let her do it all the talking that's usually Mm. how we do things yeah yeah. Again, the yin to my yang. Right. right? Mm. It's true. What's what feels more sort of anxious about the speaking instead of the singing? Is it because one is rehearsed and the other is on off the cuff? Yeah. Like, I think that has a lot to do with it. I think we're bred differently like that. Like she's like the she's like even with her job, her career, I should say, she is mm-hmm. like a public speaker. Like it's just oh. so natural mm-hmm. to her. And I'm just like, put me in a room with a guitar, please. Yeah, yeah. We are, but and I still get nervous, you know. Yeah. But it's, I think. Um, you know, the best advice that we were ever given was, you know, you need to just perform as much as humanly possible because the more you do it, it just takes the edge off yeah. of it. You just, and you can tell a seasoned performer from a newbie because, you know, some people just, the stage banter is important. I think you need mm-hmm. to connect with them they, because they, they want to, your audience wants to know who you are, mm-hmm. which I appreciate, you know, yeah. it's just, do you have the comfort level to show them? Right. Yeah. So it's really it's tough. And when you're at ease, they're at ease. Yes, definitely, a lot of the time. definitely, yeah. But but Brent, um, we talked about him. Danielle's husband is both our band manager, and oh gosh, he does so much to support us. And gift giver, yeah, and the gift, gift the giver of the gifts. Yeah, he showed up with gifts. wicked Laser gifts for us today. <laughs> he lots loves of, bringing gifts. To lots people. of people have received. <laughs> we'll invite beautiful. him back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but one of his biggest superpowers is just he is so social. And everyone loves him. So he goes out, like, for us, you know, we might go to, like, you think about, like, ECMA week and, you know, Nova Scotia Music Week. 
it's really daunting to put yourself out there when you're new to the industry and you see a lot of people, I know who they are, they don't know who we are. And it's like, I really should go and introduce myself to this person to make a connection, but I'm too nervous, you know? Mm -hmm. So Brent's like, come on, let's go talk to them, right? Mm -hmm. and, he, and he breaks that ice in such an organic way. And he's just, he has a, he has a great way with people. So um, we leverage that. We're like, we take him everywhere. You know, Brent's yeah. coming. He always comes, right? Mm -hmm. So, and uh, yeah, we, um, he's our, he's our little ace in the hole, I think. Eh? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. He does a lot. Got a and little I mean, trio thing going on. That's yeah. huge. It's, it's yeah. hard to talk about yourself. Like I could talk about all three of you till like amazing rave reviews. But if somebody asked me to say the same for my own work, there's, it's, it's horrifying. It's so different. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. tricky. Yeah. So it's, having, yeah, a companion that's just with you anyways. Yeah, that's exactly. Great. Exactly. Yes. It's and, perfect. And not only that, if we're at a show, like he gets, he gets so much information for us. Like mm. we will be performing and then he goes and he talks to the event organizers or whoever else is there. He makes all of these great connections and then he comes back and he's like, oh, I talked to this person, this person, blah, blah, blah. And this is going on. And we're like, wow, you got a lot of information yeah. while we were singing. <laughs> or know? even just walking around the room and checking for sound. Like, yes, yeah, yes, yeah, right. The yes. small Have you had that, him as a resource all along? Um, we really only brought him on as like official manager like last he was, he's ago, been maybe. doing these things for us in an unofficial capacity. And yeah. it just started. We were at the point where we're like, what? Like you are now our band manager. Like do it on, do it. On, in an official capacity, come yeah. with us. Like, the, Start like coming to the it ECMA just made too much. It made too much sense. He started mm -hmm. doing it kind of anyway because he was there. He would come yeah. to these things with us, and we were like, "You're good at this." <laughs> you mm. know? So, so I want to yeah. ask about you. You feel you recognize your talents as songwriters and entertainers and musicians. There's a whole other side to the industry that we're getting into now yeah. that maybe management is handling, maybe not. I'm sure there's some aspects of this, of course, that the two of you are still doing. But and Mike, you can weigh in on this, too. It's we're we're kind of this is the unseen part for those who are consuming our products of all the behind the scenes grant writing and photography and all these decisions that are that they're constants. Mm -hmm. They get to see the flashy stage photos that are beautiful in the end result, but yeah. it's like the 2% of what yes. our life actually looks like. Tip of the iceberg. Is bringing in that him as a support system, like how much has that helped you focus on the parts that maybe you relate to and bring you more joy? It's crucial. It's, <laughs> it is very crucial. You, you you brought up a really good point. Um, and I know I've I've seen people you know share you know little things on Facebook and that you you it's true. What you see is like the tip of the iceberg. And I mean you know yourself like it's it's so much work. Such and if hustle. you do not love it, you will never make it. <laughs> you have mm -hmm. to love it, right? Um, but yeah, I think that I, I've heard a lot of people. And here's a funny thing. Years ago, I used to hear people talk about building your team, and I didn't really understand what that meant at the time. The first time mm. I heard the term building your team, I was kind of like, I had a vague idea of what it meant, but I really, every day that we're in this, I get it more and more, and it's, it, it you do need an entire team. You need, and you know, Brent is a great support to us, but it's not enough to do what we want to do. We, we need more. We need a publicist and we need, like, we need, we need more. We need, we need I'd more people. I'd love to hand the social media off oh, to somebody right? else too. Yeah. Wouldn't we all? So, <laughs> so much work too. Well, and you said it because, you know, it's, if we, if we had a full team, if we had a label, if we had a full team, like someone taking care of all of those things, imagine if all we had to do was just write music yeah. and perform. Yeah. Well, yeah. Imagine, right? Yeah. But, you <laughs> yeah. know, it's, it's okay. It's, it's, 
it's the nature of the beast. And I think it's great experience for us. Like we are learning so much. Like what we've learned in the last year, two years, it's mind blowing. I've learned more in the last two years than I have in the 25 years prior to that. Mm. Just, you know, easily, easily. And I still feel like there's so much more to learn, but I think, um, we'll never know it all. No, we'll, we'll never, never. We'll never get we'll it all. And you're you're changing as people all the time as yeah, well. Absolutely. So with your art being a reflection of you, yeah, uh, that can change too. Yeah, your, your output of that creative expression of yourselves. Yeah, and that's another really good point too, Kristen. Like we we are changing as people, and we have changed as people, and that's another way that I justify, um, you know, I guess not doing this earlier in life because I know, like, I look mm-hmm. at like these. 20 year old prolific songwriters and they're i'm just i'm like oh my god they're so much younger than us we we feel like we're very late to the party but at the same time that wasn't our path you know and i know for a fact you know if i tried to write a song when i was 20 you would get nothing i didn't i was not i didn't have enough life experience i still don't know how some of these young people can write these beautiful songs that it sounds like they've lived a thousand lives. It's like, how do you know mm. those things, right? How do <laughs> yeah. you write that? Yeah. It took me, you know, 40 some years to, you know, figure but things everyone out. Everyone has to, a different path. Yeah. So, and that's, yeah. that's okay. Yeah. That's, it's they true. might, they might stop songwriting in a year and their yes. career's over. Like you, you mm-hmm. have no idea what will happen. Who but knows? True. Who knows, true, right? Yeah. Have you noticed that might happen with you? Because you've been at this for 20 years. You were that 20-year-old getting into this, and we're now 40-something as well. But I have to say, like, the last couple of years, I see a new band with the town. Like, you guys are just at the top of your game right now. You're so good. And I don't know if it's because you've just been playing for so long that you're polished. Like, your performance has been rehearsed and practiced. And, like, okay, I know where people are going to be on stage or do you feel like you have just changed as a person and that is now reflecting in your your art? I think just there, there's so many aspects to playing music, whether it's being on stage, doing social media, just knowing how to create connections at a conference. All just there's thousands of little things. And I just feel after doing it for 20 years, like I yeah. know how to do them all now. Mm-hmm. And obviously I can still learn lots, but it just feel pretty dialed in with with all those things and and performing like it took years to figure out how to engage with the audience and Mm -hmm. i remember when i first started like i was really serious on stage and now i'm like the exact opposite like Mm -hmm. it took took time to figure that out and to create this balance between these like serious songs and energetic performance and then like whatever, just telling a funny story or whatever. Yes. So I think it's just definitely time and wanting to improve is a big thing as well. Like looking at myself, like how can I improve as a performer, as an entertainer? And like people are paying $35 to come see us at times. And if I can't put on an amazing show, then I feel like I'm I'm letting them down. So... Mm -hmm. I know you just have like little moments here and there where whatever, even music week last year, um, we were playing a set in Sydney and our guitar player, Zach, something happened with his pedals and his guitars cut out. And I was like, Jesus, what's happening? So I just kind of tried to up my energy and I just kind of 
I don't know, yeah. exploded on stage with yeah. just energy. And Overcompensate like, a bit. Yeah. 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 And then from that show on, I'm like, that's how I perform 100% of the time now. And mm, like, That was I, a turning point. Wow. Like you, I, you were like a volcano that night. <laughs> just, you, because you were a distraction from what was happening with Zach's guitar, but in the best way. And people will often remark on Tori Cameron, their yes. bass player, yeah. because she, to see her even visually, even if you couldn't hear a sound, She's like this electric human yes. being to yes. watch. That show, everyone was talking about you. Was that the Steel City? Was that when you guys were at Steel yes. City? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we were there yeah. for that. Yeah, we were that there, was an yeah. incredible show. That was a great show. Yeah, and you. I didn't notice the issue with the guitar pedal. So there you go. You did a good job. <laughs> there we yeah. go. You cool. did a good job. Yeah. That place was packed Definitely. that night. Yeah. 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 But yeah. it's, yeah, it's just like that's not that long ago, but it's something I learned in that moment. Like I have mm. to. Just give, and I always try to give everything I can on stage, like something, but I'm like, I gotta, and by the end of that show, I was exhausted. I'm like, I gotta oh, yeah. be in decent shape to be able to do this. So yeah. even like, <laughs> like the last little while, like just been exercising a lot and lost a fair bit of weight and just like, I, I can perform, I can do that easier now on stage. And it's yeah. like, yeah. just like, that's something you would never consider like until you get to that point where, wait a second, I need to have good cardio to be able to perform <laughs> yeah. for an yeah. hour straight like this. Yeah. Like, oh, it's yeah. true. like it's if true I'm like between a instrumental part of, I'm just like rocking out and then I go to the mic to sing and i'm out of breath i can't sing so it's true uh, so true i was just so saying true. to her earlier how i sneezed and pulled a muscle in my back that's where we're at now we? yeah, yeah. yeah. We need that's to be in, also relatable yeah, yeah. <laughs> we need to be in tip-top shape it's true it's true but that's a that's a really good point and you know what you raised a good point too about you know the um yes you know if people are coming they're paying money to come and see you you feel you or you should feel a sense of responsibility yeah. to give them yes. a well-rehearsed show and that's part of it too and and i've also heard people say and i totally agree with this you know if you are the performer the entertainer for the evening you you have a responsibility not only to you know to put on that show but also to like you're con you have to kind of command the room so if something happens in the room whether it's on stage or something happens I've heard people say like if some catastrophic thing happens you can't ignore it you have to address it so that the audience mm -hmm. can kind of they'll be apprehensive about it if you don't mm -hmm. um I know when we played rock the fiddle a couple of weeks ago there I was wearing like a kind of a fringy belt right and uh I was I was playing a tune and we actually it was actually a cover we was it was a tragically hip, hip cover and uh boots or hearts and I got to the part where I say fall apart and my belt literally fell off it was right around my ankles like that and thank god it was only a decorative belt it wasn't a functional wasn't holding belt up so here. wasn't holding anything wasn't else holding it all together it was just it was a really yeah it was a low key wardrobe malfunction but I had to I had to make light of it and pick up the belt and be like you know and the last time I played that song I broke a glass, so like, <laughs> I got, there's something about me in that. But you, every you time I say fall apart, you every time yeah, I say fall apart, I literally will fall apart. But um, but you have to acknowledge that stuff. I think make light of it, and if you can joke about it and laugh it off, or uh, or do something, you have to do something like you said to compensate for it or whatever. Because people, the audience, you owe it to them. They'll be a little apprehensive until you acknowledge it, and then they're like, okay, it's been addressed. Let's move yeah. on. You know? They know <laughs> that their belt is on the floor. Yes, kind of thing. right. Yeah. I it's just, I don't know. It's just one of those. But but that's the difference, like I said, between like a seasoned performer and someone who's you know just right. really new and not quite sure how to handle that sort of a thing. 
And everyone wants that. Uh, like I said, the, the audience wants you to be comfortable. They desperately want you to be comfortable. And if you're not, they're not. They're like, oh, they're, not, mm, they're, they're nervous. Or yeah, so it's it's a tricky thing though. It's and thing. you can only learn these things by going through it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, and a lot of things I learned are through mistakes or mm-hmm. just things that were out of my control, but you just learn how to react. Like knowing how to react, like you're saying, yes. is, is, yeah. is a big thing. Yes. And it's it's only time in my eyes like I'm, I'm sure there's like performance coaches and people out oh, there yeah. who might be able to speed up the totally. process but you have to go through it yourself and have those gigs that aren't that great yeah. and, baptized you know, by fire baby yeah, yeah. it's that's all kind actually. of life in general like i see that as one of the beautiful parts of aging is that i can truly say that I I understand now that the challenges are hard things or mistakes or, you know, things that don't go my way that happen in life are actually going to make me a better person when all is said and done. When I was younger, it would have just been, you know, poor me, this thing happened, me, 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 me. Yeah. Uh, It's really great now when things are shitty because you know that you'll grow from it and learn. Yeah. Yeah. That is a very good point. And and you know what? It takes a certain level of maturity, I think, to be able to look at it that way. Um, We agree for sure. We talk about it all the time, as a matter of fact. Mm. Um, But I think when you get, if you can get to the point where, because sometimes, like hindsight's 2020, they say. So a lot of times you might have a terrible experience, something good comes from it, you grow, you learn, something gets better, and you look back on it and you say, okay, I see why that happened. That, That makes sense. And this good thing came from that. But when that happens to you enough, you can get to the point where even in, when you're in the thick of the hard thing, you're like, mm, this thing sucks that I'm going through. It's, it's but you're a like, learning experience, some, I guess, right? Mm, yes. That's we such that. a good distinction. We say that. We're like, is, yeah, you don't know need it. to be a year in advance to look back. Yes. You can yeah. say, I know a year from now I'll be able to yes. look back. If, yes. if you, well, and, and if you can put that spin on it it helps you get through it while you're in the thick of it we, yeah. we talk about this a lot we do yeah we've had uh we've had a rough year like um a, a high i want to say a rough year a high and low year like we lost our dad a few months ago which was something Sorry. that was it was coming no thank you it was it was coming for a long time yeah. and um but that's again you know because we've you know we've had some life experience you know we were able to again do go through that together and i always say you know, the, the bond that we have is a special one. And I, I wouldn't, I, I always say, how do people go through their life without a sister? Like, I don't know how they do it. It makes it easy. We are spoiled. We are. We are. We're very, I'm very blessed. But, um, but yeah, I just, I feel like even in when things were just so difficult through the day, we're like, we are learning. So this is changing us. You know, we are learning so much from this. We are going to come out of this different people, better people. It's so, so to know that in the moment, it was so yeah. comforting, you know, yeah. it was just... We talked about how, like, not to get too dark or anything, but when we were ta- when we did lose our dad, we talked about, imagine if this was 20 years ago. We wouldn't have the capacity to deal with it in the way we do now. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know what I no. mean? Like, it's... It was and that more. perspective alone, I imagine, was a tool. It was. Yes. It was. It, it helped a lot. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Absolutely. Well, you know what? And uh, actually, it was around that time... We, we were, you know, it's still in the process of recording our album and uh, we didn't know, we didn't have a title for the album, but we wanted to be very, it, it had to be the perfect title for the album. And we wanted it, the, the name of the album to kind of represent 
those highs and those lows. Like, okay, because it's the thing that connects us all. It takes us up, it takes us mm-hmm. down. It's life. It's just this emotional roller coaster. If you get through the hard times, you know, it's going to, you know. So uh, we we came up with the the name of the album, Beautiful Burn, because that's what life, it's a beautiful burn, you know. Mm-hmm. So we thought that's it, right? It just, that's the thing that just, when you hear that, you think, okay, yeah, it's burning, but my God, it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so anyway, yeah. That is but, a perfect title yeah, to capture that sentiment. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. We, 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 as soon we're as, digging it. Yeah. She said it and we, I was like, that's the thing. That's yeah. it, right? That's mm-hmm. it. But uh, But yeah, it's wild and it's life. It's just the way that life is, right? So- but yeah, I uh, I wouldn't trade that experience for anything. And yes, what what Danielle just said, you know, I again when you said we're different people, like twenty years, I was such a different person twenty years ago than I am today. Kind of scary to think about. Oh, <laughs> it's wild. It's wild. I didn't have a clue. And and then I think, you know, twenty years from now, imagine all the stuff I'm going to mm, know. Yeah. <laughs> like if I keep going, we're at all going to be so wise, mm. you guys. <laughs> we are now. Like, yeah. <laughs> We're going to be friggin' life masters, you know? (laughs) I think that's what I, I, like Mike and I have been fortunate enough that as we grow, we've managed to kind of either stay on the same page or be able to communicate enough to understand one another and the changes that we're going through. And I, I see that as kind of the, the tool or the ticket to longevity in any relationship Yes, is, you know, communication's no new idea of like how you make things synergetic, but like you as sisters, I think you're the first siblings that we've had on the show. Oh, really? Cool. Yeah. Wow. It's an interesting dynamic in your your closeness. You have history. You're able to talk about your childhood. You went through this, um, you know, recent tragedy with yeah. your family, loss with your family. Mm-hmm. You have that to bond over. And yeah, who knows what the next 20 years will bring. But it's a unique bond and perspective and communication to have with your your colleague, essentially. Yes. Yeah. Do you feel like that, like, could you do this with someone else? We talk about that all the time. I don't know. No. That's just because no. we're so solid in what we have and what, mm-hmm. like, we just work so well together. Like, yes. so well together. Oh, I, I yeah. couldn't even imagine doing it with anybody no, else. Or, I, or alone, for that matter. Right. You know, yeah. Interesting. Yes. Not, yeah. not with anybody else or alone. It's, this is, mm-hmm. this is what works for us. And you're right. Like, our, our history our bond it's what's going to keep us together there's no band breaking up you know it's going to be it's mm. it will be us or nothing um mm. and and it's funny when you said you know the history that we have it's just uh, it's i'm grateful for it it's a special thing like even you know we went to a flea market the other day and yesterday actually here in halifax and uh Danielle was just like, she, she's, there was like an estate sale and she saw, she saw like a couch. She was like, oh my God, do you know what that reminds me of? I was like, of course I do. We have the same memories. (laughs) (laughs) Of course I know what that reminds you of. So, uh, but we do, you know, we, so we play off of that and um, we, and I think we have a mutual respect for each other because, you know, and we haven't, we're very close now, but like when we were teenagers, we were at each other's throat, like typical teenager girl, you (laughs) know, like I was like, Get you, you know, little sister. Get away from me. Give me my shirt back. (laughs) And what's the age difference? Uh, Four Four years. years. Okay. Four years, right? So mom would always be like, take your little sister. And I'm like, I don't want to take my sister. And (laughs) it's funny because my friends were the ones that realized she was cool before I did. They were like, we should <laughs> your sister. And I was like, Danielle, I don't know. but Because you know. I forced myself upon them. <laughs> right. <so. laughs> they had to love me. I'm the baby. Gotta love me. And <laughs> lo and behold, she turned out to be way cooler than me. <laughs> she was the cool one. But, um, but yeah, I think that that's a really interesting 
you know, point because like the whole sibling thing, it just, I, I don't know. I think it's, it's, it's actually, I think a big part of our brand where we just talked about brand, it, you know, when people say what makes you unique, well, that's, and I know we're not the only sibling duo out there, but it's a big part of who we are. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. we're, we're not just a band, we're a sister band, yeah. you know, we've got sibling harmonies, which people seem to really relate to. And, um, and yeah, we have this whole, we finish each other's sandwiches, li- literally. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I just, uh, it, it really, it really works for us. And I'm just, I couldn't imagine, you know, uh, being so new at this and trying to figure out, I feel like working with like a stranger or even someone, I don't know, I feel like, and I know people do, but for me, that would stress me out. Like mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. even just, even yeah, just too. like recording this album, like I'm, we're still so new to this, like being in the studio and like trying to nail the vocals. It's like. Danielle's like, okay, well, let's try this again. Let's try it. So I feel more, co- I feel comfortable, right? It's not a stranger. It's not a, and I, I know I, I have to get over that because eventually I'm sure we'll work with someone. But, uh, but anyway, yeah, it's, it's, I appreciate that it's just us, you know, it's just her, it's just family. There's something really special about that, that puts us in a good, comfortable spot. Mm-hmm. How does that all fit into your songwriting? Mm-hmm. You know what? I, it's, it's a cool thing because I think we work really well together with songwriting. Like we we're on the same track. I think we're yeah. always on the same track, but it's yeah. like, and I think with, with most songs, they, someone has to kind of start it off, but it's, we, we round each other out with it. Yeah. You know what I mean? We really round each other out. And some songs Danielle has written completely. And sometimes some songs I've written completely and some yeah. are a mishmash of both, but it's great to bring it to her and say, what do you think of this? And put your spin on it. And, uh, I think for the most part we're always on the same on the same we wavelength are. with it yeah. which is good but a different but a unique spin I guess to mm-hmm. it right so yeah it's been it also helps when we like run it through each other well, like what we talked about earlier like being in- intimidated to present it to the world it's good yes. to run it through each other be like is this any good do you like yeah. this and at least one like, oh, person yeah. likes it right <laughs> at least one yeah. person likes it maybe we'll run it through Brent too and he'll he'll yeah. give us a thumbs yes. up and be like okay Yes. It's is, good for the is people. Is this good? <laughs> yeah. Is this any good? <laughs> You're right. Because it's such a vulnerable thing. It really is, you know. Yeah, is. And sometimes you might write something just with the intention of it being for you, but it ends up something, you realize it's something that it's for maybe the world. Maybe you should share it, right? Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I like being able to filter it through my sister mm. <laughs> before it goes out beyond. Have you ever, uh, either of you brought a song to the other and uh, didn't like it? And hated it? Yeah. Just just me with her. Not hers are always good. <laughs> and that's okay. Well and well it's funny because when I say that Danielle started it first, she really did. Like she started this she wrote a few songs and I was like, I still remember the first the first time she sent a song to me. She's like, I wrote a song. And I was like, You did? And I was like, Oh my God, it's beautiful, right? And uh it still didn't I didn't I honestly didn't think that I could write songs. And then she's, she encouraged me. She's like, you know, try to write some songs. And I started to try and they were terrible. And I'm like, oh, I can't write songs. They're awful. But I think that there's a, um, if you pay a little attention to what you, pay closer attention, I think, to what you like in songs. So I think it's like, what do you think makes a good song? Well, use those techniques and kind of write it in those, mm-hmm. I guess, that same template. So when I started to pay a little closer attention I was able to write a few songs that were not terrible and we recorded them and people... And she found her groove. I found my groove. Good. I'm like, oh, I, I can write songs. Yay. Mm. <laughs> it, was, it was a surprise to me. Though. But because uh, at first I was just like, maybe she'll just write the songs and I'll just, I don't know, maybe I'll just sing. Mm. But um, it's nice to be able to contribute that way. 
But, um, but yeah, but I appreciate her support because, um, you need it. You need someone to encourage you, you know, like mm-hmm. do like just push you if you, especially if you're a little tentative or, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's all a part of the recipe, I guess. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Speaking of pushing, tell us about van life. <laughs> that was a good segue. Oh, van life. Good job. Van life. Yeah. Good she job. did. She did need some pushing on that on her maiden voyage. What's her Ro- name? Ro- Tell us the story here about Rock uh, and Rhonda. the tour bus. <laughs> we bought a, a, a HOK tour bus. Her name is Rock and Rhonda. We've affectionately named her. Mm-hmm. And um, she's old. She's an old girl. She's what? Nineteen eighty. Eighty one. Eighty one. I almost said eighty one. And uh, she needed a little bit of work. Our, our goal was to get her up to Kemp Shore for, for that festival because we wanted to spend the whole weekend there. And we almost didn't make it many times. <laughs> we broke down half a dozen times between Oh, the Cape photos Brighton. were so funny. There was yeah. one with like 18 people across oh. the back of it. Yes. And, and, and do, you, just, do you know what's fun? Tell them about the the way that that rolled out with those 18 people. They were like angels. They appeared <laughs> Strangers? At, strangers. Yeah. They appeared out of nowhere. We pulled off the highway because I think we were breaking down a little bit. And he, he was trying to get it off the road, but we didn't quite get it off the road. Mm. So we're like, oh, no, what do we do? Before we could even think what to do, all of these people stopped and they just saw what was happening. They just got it without a word. Unspoken. No spoken word. Mm. Unspoken. They just pushed us to the side of the road. Then they were like, you're good. Okay, see ya. And then they all left. <laughs> they were like, wow, thank I, you. I was driving behind. So Brent and Danielle were in Rock and Rhonda. And I was driving behind um, in my SUV with my husband because we ain't fools. We knew we needed a backup plan. <laughs> we knew that there was a good chance that this thing wasn't going to make it there. We were making it to the festival oh, whether Rock and Rhonda made it or not. Yeah. Right. The, yeah. The plan was we had just enough room for our instruments and our bodies and we would just abandon her and keep going. That was, yeah. you know, worst case scenario. But I remember we were, we made it to like, it was like Salt Springs and we we're like, okay, she's doing pretty good. Like, it's great. Oh, awesome. Right. And uh, all of a sudden I was like, I'm like, I was like, I smell I smell something burning. And I said, mm. my, my, my husband is also, there's a lot of Billy's in my family. My husband's also Billy. I was like, Billy, do you smell burning? And he was just like, relax, it's not us. And I was like, I know it's not us. It's Rock and Rhonda. <laughs> She's still our That's problem. That's the problem. <laughs> yeah. And she was, there was she, a, she was, um, there was a great, a little bit. there was a great fire burning and up. we, uh, we fixed her, we fixed her with a, we, a literal bandaid fix. We actually had my Billy kind of worked on it a little bit. He's like, there's some wires that need some whatever. He's like, do you have any electrical tape? And we did not. Um, but we did have a box of band-aids. So they <laughs> first aid kit because we're responsible. <laughs> yeah, talk about creatives. <laughs> <laughs> we're problem solvers, buddy. So. We did say we are DIYers. <laughs> That's true. Oh, wow. you should. She took a picture of the, you didn't even share that picture of the band-aid on the wires. That was a myth. I we didn't. need to share that. But I didn't. Yeah, we fixed I was her worried of the people's judgment, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to tell them we did that. I'm impressed. If it works, it works. But it worked. It, it worked. Was Rhonda purchased for band travel? Yes. Oh, and yes. does she live on? She does live on. Yeah. She needs a new starter. <laughs> okay. And we are, she's currently being fixed for that. But uh, we did buy her for like our Hearts of Kin little mm-hmm. tour bus, like yeah. local touring around the around the and, province. And for all of the people who are out there judging, I just want to tell you, she's got some good bones. We've had a lot of mechanics look at her. And the mm-hmm. thing that happened was like not even her fault. It was, I won't get into the whole mechanics, but it she's still good. Error. She's still mm-hmm. good. It was she human lives on. error. We yes. believe in her. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. We, we believe in her too. Yeah. We she's, do. A, she's a good old girl. And and she has such a, I feel like she's part of the family now because she has it. When we named her, I'm like, well, she's a person now, right? Yeah. So, mm. Rhonda. Mm. Rhonda. And actually, fun fact about Rock and Rhonda's name, um, we actually named her after uh, a friend of ours. So my brother camps um, up by Seal Island Bridge and his campground uh, neighbors, her name is Rhonda and she used to be a DJ. 
at mm. West, I believe, and her name was Rock and Rhonda. Yeah, and she told us that the story. inspo, yep. right? She told us that story, and she's really cool and she's really sweet. And when we got this RV, we were like, we got to name her Rock and Rhonda. Oh, yeah. It was a no brainer. We got no-brainer. we got Rhonda's. I'm blessing, glad she's of okay. Course. She's had oh, her yeah. little surgery, and yeah, yeah Rhonda lives on. Oh, she, she does. Lives on. We <laughs> made Rhonda some it. coasters too. Oh, <laughs> <nice>. <laughs> we were like, thanks for, thanks for giving us your name. Here's Aww. some coasters. Yeah, you get to treat them with care. Yeah, but yes, but Rhonda lives on, and we plan on. We still have a few places we're going to take her. We're going to take her. Well, the next place that we hope to take her is just Acoustic Roots in Cape Breton because that's really close by. So that'll be a good little test run to make sure she's okay. And then we're going to Pembroke next month. So in Ontario. Uh, no, no, oh. Pembroke Festival. Everyone, oh, gotcha. you're not. You're like the twentieth person to ask us about that. No, no, it's um Pembroke Music Festival. It's actually Upper Stuiac. Okay, Upper Stuiac. Yeah. But yeah. she could make it because she did come from Ontario. Yeah, <laughs> that's where she came back to her roots. She's an Ontarian. She's an Ontarian. If we had to, yeah. Oh yeah. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> so you have those shows coming up. A new album in the yes, works. When yeah. when are you hoping to release that? End of October is when we're planning on releasing that's, the album. That's pretty soon. It's coming it's up. coming up very yeah. soon. Yeah. She's Congratulations. Yes. Thank you. Amazing. So much. Yeah. the final tweaks very on it now. Very excited. Yeah. We've got a big um, album release planned for November. Yeah. So it's going to be... Where at? Yeah, tell us. Um, you have the details? The details or? We yeah. do. Yeah, it's, it's going to be at the um, the Holiday Inn Ballroom. Ballroom. Yes, oh, Sydney Waterfront. Swank. Sydney Waterfront. We didn't release the date yet, but it's mid-November. No, mid keep yes, a little bit of a mystery, a mystery here. That's right. Keep, yeah. keep That's your right. ears yeah. and eyes peeled, people. But uh, that, yeah. an- that announcement is actually coming really soon. And uh, yeah, we're excited. We're going to be playing with a full band. Then that's oh, very nice. rare. That's rare for us. We usually do the acoustic duo. So just very special shows. What uh, instrumentation do you have for that? Just uh, bass and drums. Yeah. Bass and drums. Oh, and of course, our two. Yeah, our two. Yeah. Acoustic guitar, acoustic guitar. Danielle plays the mean slide guitar as well yeah. and some electric. And uh, we'll have a bass player. And, yeah. uh, and actually, you know who's going to play bass for us? And I'm so excited. My daughter, Destiny. So oh. she's, a, she's a musician as well. Yeah. And uh, we're excited about that. That's so it, amazing. It was, seemed yeah. like a no-brainer. So keeping it, oh. right? Yeah. She, mm. she fits like the criteria for the band, for yeah. sure. So. She's a little singer-songwriter herself. When she's gigging around, we call her parts of kin. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> yeah, she's got, yeah, we're really proud of her. We'll take her uh. up and invite her up for a little special guest performance. So, so cool. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's cool. It's well, definitely. what you all have done in such a short period of time is very impressive uh you've got the attention of so many fans already you're playing great festivals great shows you're great storytellers and speakers thank you thank you so much uh, we're we're trying so hard we're just giving her thank you we're giving her best all you can do all you can do it's inspiring it's so yeah just keep it up we're we're so impressed and and appreciative of you making time to be all the way here and tantalum with us so much for having us Yeah, yeah, we couldn't wait. This was this was one of the things that we were most looking forward to this yep. summer. For we sure. were really, really looking forward to it. Yeah. Well, you got you're working hard. You're learning all these things as you're going. You're putting out great stuff. This is like a perfect recipe for success, mm-hmm. and it's it's amazing to see and exciting to see where all this goes. So yeah, we'll see. Best of luck and everything ahead, and uh, we'll we'll chat again and after some time passes yes. see see what you learned we would love over, that you know a, can't a wait year to see so. what we've learned <laughs> see how wise we are next year yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're gonna have to rename the podcast to some kind of philosophy title yeah. i'm pretty sure <laughs> yeah <laughs> i love it awesome yeah. well, thanks Cheers, a for being thank here you. And, thank, uh, thank you guys for having us <laughs> There you have it, folks. 
Danielle, Shelly, the gals in Hearts of Kin, two awesome Cape Breton girls, and yeah, we we just uh, think they're they're both amazing people, and really glad we got to know them and chat with them, and hope that you know them better now and want to check out some tunes, or if they're playing in an area near you, check that out. But yeah, there you go. That was a good. That really said everything. Wrapped it up perfectly. Said it all, eh? Yeah. I just hope they uh, hope they come back. Yes, they, they'll be back. Yes. We're starting to get in after going for a year. You start to, you know, oh, let's have this person on again. So. Podcasts do that, right? Oh, yeah. They a lot repeat of, guests. Gee, some have, like, the same person ten times in a year. Or really? Yeah. Hmm. Maybe not that many, but I've seen, I've seen podcasts that have the same guests. They usually release three a week or something, though. Yeah. We've been lucky that we just keep having awesome people show up in yeah. our lives. Come to our house, yeah. drink a bubbly, have a Eat white chocolate pumpkin truffle. Our, our little road treats. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, just a touch of gratitude. That's all in a little white ball. Mm, delicious. Mm. Okay, we're going to go have dessert now. Okay, folks. Much love. Hopefully we're not back for round three. <laughs> <laughs>